When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Hi, this is uh, Knife Talk. What's going on, you little bastards? I'm... uh, (laughs) I'm in a bad mood. This is Jeff Fader from Fader Knives. I'm here with Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives, Mareko Momasi, Momasi Fire Arts. And uh, what's going on? Why, what, let's start. Why the bad news? What, what's happened? I was uh, getting ready to podcast. And uh, as I do on Sundays or Saturdays or whenever we do it. And I... Uh, I Go in my Jeep. I like the Jeep's comfortable, blah, blah, blah. Just pulling it in two seconds ago, and I was cleaning the shop up over the week, and I must have pulled the table out a little bit farther than I expected, mm. and I fucking drove the car into the corner of a work table and mm. blew out the headlight and crushed up the, crushed the panel above oh. the passenger wheel. Oh shit. And I'm uh I'm going to be I'm going to be in a terrible mood today. So that's great. And I'm yeah. It's your birthday today. Jeffrey. goes on for some time shut that, that shit off full shut later. that sh- shut that shit off i mean i couldn't be in a more i couldn't be in a more fucking sour mood right now and and i'm gonna take it out on the listeners How you Jeff, like that? listen listen you're 56 you've got your own hair your mm. own teeth you've got everything 56. to be happy about 56. everything to be happy about fucking 56 Are you kidding me <laughs> Oh, it's it's only it's only a panel on a car. You didn't get hurt. Nothing's broken. Yeah, you're fine. You'll be good. Thanks, Grandma. I appreciate it. <laughs> so I'm, we shouldn't I, laugh. But it's it not what I wanted to do. God damn it! I wanted to have a podcast. Maybe have a nice day. And now I'm thinking about can I gonna find a fucking auto body place to fix the goddamn car? Oh. Send a picture to my wife, and she goes, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "Of course I'm okay. I'm angry." She's like, "Well, happy birthday." I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> That's Fuck. the dangers of tidying up your shop, you see. It's the danger. <sighs> wow. 
56. So, well, Go fuck yourself. I mean, <laughs> still starting right out of the shoot with you. You guys, nobody's safe today. I've, I've done it to myself. <laughs> so what are your plans for the day? Um, well, I'm going to look up auto body shops. That's number one. <laughs> God damn it. I tell you what. I was all fired up because I really, really try to finish off the, the week strong, sent knives out the door, hit deadlines. And then, um, you know, I was, uh, I was watching, I was listening to what Alex Steele was doing in regards to building a second shop. Mm. And I even messaged you, Craig, and said, what is he doing? Why is he having a second shop? What do you need a second shop for it? And I started to think about what, if I had a second shop, what would I do? And I thought, you know what? You do have a second shop. You have the basement where I first started making everything. So I said, it's, you should clean it up and make it into a sculpture shop. So I spent all day yesterday, I cleaned it up, this main space where I used to work, and then I got new lighting, and I got a new shop vac, and I'm looking into getting a new bandsaw, and I'm going to dedicate the downstairs basement to making sculpture, because obviously I don't have enough to do in my life. <laughs> what, so. about the, what about the sex dungeon? Where's that going now then? The, you know, the shackles on the wall and so on. Where straight do you up. put your? Where did you put yours? Oh, what did you do with bedroom. yours? Straight in the bedroom. Yeah. Oh, look at you! Windows, uh, mirrors on the ceiling, and everything. <laughs> huh? <laughs> How dare you? Uh, so. well, where's Jeff gone? Oh, he's down in the basement playing with his tackle. Uh, you love that fucking imagine. joke, don't you? You love it. You love it. <laughs> God damn you. <sighs> Well, look, you're only 56 once, so I hope you have a great day. Anyway. Not 56. 55-ish-ish, let's say. Listen, then. man, I'm not either, not there yet either. So just give me, give me a break. Let me give me a few years, please. Thank you very much. How old are you? I'm 47. Yeah, 47. Right. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Got all my hair. Got all the, you know, don't have a dick do yet. Um, and uh, and uh, everything works. Everything works. And uh, God bless him. And, I'm know. glad we cleared that up. Yeah. <laughs> everything <laughs> fucking works. At, listen, everything works. It's a little bit creaky sometimes. <laughs> but I'm working through it, man. I'm working it through it. It dribbles more than it should. I know. I mean, uh, I mean that's for you. I'm not dri- My shit is not dribbling. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, I... I wouldn't mind a longer leak. Some I know sometimes it doesn't all come out, but fine. How are so you? Any any special meals planned? I mean, I mean, uh, I don't know. We're gonna have some fun today. I mean, if I can get myself out of this, like, ah, uh, first thing off the bat, knock your. I've driven this car into this shop hundreds of times, and then of all days. This is the one where I grab the table and give it to myself. So it's it's fine. You weren't hurt. It's fine. It can be fixed. Don't worry. Don't I know. worry. It's, it's only okay. money. It's all my and- bandsaw. All my bandsaw money. I was like, I was like, I'm gonna get a nice bandsaw. I was talking to Chris Zepp. What kind of bandsaw should I get? I want to get one that I can cut nice wood. I don't want one that's too loose. I don't want too stiff. Da, 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 da. And now I'm just like, all right, the bandsaw money's going to that car. You know. We, let's let's try and get a bandsaw sponsor on board for Jeff's bandsaw. A fucking damn jet. right. We'll get a jet. <laughs> damn right. Give me a fucking yeah. I had a jet. Ooh. I had a jet. I had a small jet. I I have two small tabletop bandsaws, and they both of them can kiss my ass. I need something with a little bit more, you know, juice in the caboose. You know what There's I mean? That sponsorship out the window then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <sighs> Mareka, what have you been up to? Uh well. To add to Jeff's uh, super light mood, um, 
just a quick PSA for everybody. Be careful. Like Jeff was talking about, we were talking about fire safety the other day. Uh, and making sure you check everything before you leave because you just don't know. And sadly, um, Logan Pierce, who's a maker down in Arkansas, he um, he left apparently uh, to go just run into town real quick, grab some stuff for uh, the work he was doing, and he got a call. His shop was on fire, and there was nothing to do about it but let the whole thing burn down. And it's not only was it his shop, it was his grandfather's shop that, uh, you know, on the same property that he was – his grandfather used to live on and everything and yeah heartbreaking so everybody oh. be safe there are other there you know there was a few months back uh there's mad scientists there was sam who does a lot of work in titanium his shop caught fire whole thing burned down uh jd smith who's a maker out of massachusetts um a lot of people know him for his damascus he had a, a small shop fire um but you just you know it does it takes two seconds for that whole thing to just go up so or to get out of control, I guess. So please be safe, man. Uh, so Jeff, at least your fucking shop didn't catch on fire. Of course, mm. I'm. Listen, <laughs> I'm just. I'm not compare. Well, what happened to to Logan is awful. All those guys is awful. Absolutely awful. And yeah. and I think that Logan's probably doing a, a GoFundMe. So maybe yes. we'll we'll kind of shoot that out at some point. But obviously, we'll put, we'll put, yeah, we we'll put the link down in the show notes. So I mean, you can can't compare. Out. I mean, I'm not obviously. I'm not like. You know, I'm irritated at myself. I'm not like, sure. what was? I'm not looking for like a Jeep sponsorship to fix my panel. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I know. I'm just, I'm irritated at myself. That's all. Yeah, everything's fine. You need a whilst, uh, whilst auto we're body talking sponsorship. Health and safety and breaking things. If you're going to move a power hammer with a like a like a, a pull along sort of trolley thing, make sure you tie it down properly and straight. Oh, if, you, you, if you're listening well, make sure you tie it down. Straight. Oh, you're gonna give him some. You're gonna oh. give him some. Uh, you're gonna give him some uh, Monday morning quarterbacking. Oh, that no, must feel no good. to be honest, it was heartbreaking to watch. It would. Have you seen that, Morocco? I haven't. No. All right. So don't spoil it. Then go watch. Go watch. Oh, you can the, spoil it. All right. Will dropped his fucking giant power hammer after working on it for months. Yeah, uh, fell right he was over, moving it, and it fell, and it just cracked. The casting cracked on it, and yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, my heart just broke for hey, him because you bad. could see how gutted he was. was. Oh no, he did. They did a good job putting a camera and catching it because not being able to catch the drama would have been sadder. I mean, that well, was good content, right? At least he'll get some added revenue. I think of it that way. That is a good content, right? I, I like how you. I like how you definitely gave him. I, I think Will, if you're listening to this, which you usually are, I hope that that didn't hurt too much. The way Craig was telling you how to strap down your fucking no, no, car. I, I didn't mean That's it. That way. I didn't mean it that way. You outrageous! Just, uh... I'm taking, dude. I'm taking. I'm taking shots today, guys. It's, <laughs> nobody's fucking safe. I'm guaranteeing you, nobody's safe today. You get away with it today. One day only. That's it. That is it. Well, otherwise... Sorry, I I jumped in there. (laughs) No, you're good. good. Uh, Otherwise, uh, I did end up finishing getting the electrical and heat put into the shop this last week. So, man, that's nice to go into a shop that is not freezing ass cold. And all the electrical uh, extra power around the space makes it handy. Uh, I. So I was talking about doing laser engraving on these spoons. I ended up going with a little mini desktop thing off Amazon. And it uh, what was it yesterday? Yesterday evening, I spent <laughs> like a, a ridiculous amount of time 
dying, dialing it in for the material I was using, which I guess mm -hmm. you kind of just got to do. Um, cause not all lasers cut the same or burn the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I spent like three hours Wowzers. doing multiple, yeah, lots of tests. I don't know. It's the first time I ever did this. So trying to figure it out and it, uh, yeah. So got it dialed in though and got those burned, uh, uh, what was that? Oh, actually, sorry. I was doing all that Friday. So I got them all burned yesterday. Um, they're looking good. I look forward to trying to, uh, to using that on other projects in the future for sure. Uh, cool. Our, oh, our uh, calendars, got uh, we got them from the printer. The first round of calendars are going out this week. So if you got yours, um, you should be seeing it. Um, unless you're international, you should probably be seeing it in the next week or so. Um, and if you're interested in a calendar, you can go Instagram. Uh, there's a link on my bio. Get a hold of the Artisans of Steel calendar. There's a lot of really super talented makers in there this year. Um, and then I think... Oh, one last thing. So yesterday is was uh, Saturdays are my stay-home day. Uh, so I work Sunday through Friday. And so Saturday is my home day. And uh, my son... So we have this old-school advent calendar. Um, it was like some Avon thing with like a little mouse and a stocking that jumps from day to day. And so this year, my wife made all these little tiny activities and cut them up and put them in each of the spots. And so yesterday was to go on a nature walk. And so we went on this nature walk and this trail where, uh, the salmon are starting to run back, um, from coming back from the ocean and they're getting ready like they're laying eggs and all that stuff. And uh, it was a beautiful walk. It was a perfect day for it. Um, the weather was really nice, and the woods were mossy and green and misty. And um, but, but as you get closer to the river, you start smelling this funk. And it's because <laughs> the salmon, after they lay eggs, if you don't know, they lay their eggs, they hang out for a little bit, and then they die. And oh. <laughs> so the we finally get to the river or the creek, and there are salmon just splayed out dead everywhere and it oh, reeks to gross. high hell it was disgusting <laughs> it was cool it was kind of cool to see that part of the process because you know like i remember reading about that when i think the first time was like in elementary school about learning about the life cycle of salmon and stuff like that and then further in biology and stuff like that so to see it honestly kind of for the first time um it was really interesting my son thought it was super cool. <laughs> he was like, that one's <laughs> yes, dead and that one's dead. And, but we were like just feet away from these giant salmon. Like still, there's still a lot of them swimming, like swimming up the river or kind of like hanging out before their last, you know, hours. And, but, uh, yeah, I, that was pretty interesting. Oh, and there were eagles everywhere. Uh, so mm -hmm. this is like prime time for eagles. It's cause while <laughs> eagles are, um, uh, revered as these awesome symbols they are scavengers basically and so <laughs> what they do is they just eat the eat up the dead carcasses um and there's just plenty 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 for them to eat so there's it was pretty wild seeing all these different eagles uh yesterday wow. too yeah intense cool. do you, that is do such you guys a good see idea eagle? good for the advent calendar to have different tasks oh, yeah. to do that's really good yeah it's a good yeah. idea yeah it's just because like she just doesn't want him to be stuck inside all day every day because that means she's stuck with him inside all day every day and he he needs to get outside and he's four years old he needs to like let loose some of this crazy energy he's got and yeah. it's the only way to do it and so we and the height like it was a it was a trail walk it was a nice easy trail walk there wasn't really much in elevation if any um 
but it was like a two mile walk. So we made him, he footed his ass around uh, the whole trail. There and, you go. Uh, so warm out for the afternoon and evening, which is great. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Craig, how's your last week been? It's been a week of two halves. So when we finished the show last week, um, I, I had this idea of, of a, a folding knife, and I've wanted to do a folding knife for ages, and I've got around to it. Um, and now I'm, I'm at a place where, you know, I've got a month now where I'm just, like, designing, ready for, you know, all the knives for next year. And I was thinking, right, I'm going to give this a go. So at the start of the week, super into it, watched a million and one YouTube videos. I ordered a few different sort of slip joints uh, so I could see how they were made. Um, big shout out, by the way, to Mead's Knives, because on Instagram, he does some amazing content around slip joints, and that helped out massively. So I'm doing this, and I'm doing a bit of research, um, looking to see what other makers have done. And what I found was there are many, many well-respected um, brands out there, shall we say, that are obviously buying in their stuff from China and rebranding. Because... It's unbelievable to see how many are exactly the same knife. It's not just like, oh, they've they, they've copied this style. This is that same knife and quite clearly built in the same factory. So that was really disheartening because I'm thinking if I'm going to do a like a folding knife, um, how is it going to compete price-wise um, when others are doing them? Um, well, they're not even charging little for them. They're charging a lot for them where I know they're costing just dollars to buy in. And I'm like, I don't want to buy in a knife. I want to make a knife. And I want to, the whole point for me is learning. So that really got me down for literally a couple of days. And I'm thinking, but what's the point? How could you even compete, you know? Um, but I don't know. The more, the more sort of videos I was watching about folding knives, the more I got into it. To the point where I think it was maybe Wednesday, Thursday night, I didn't go to bed. I was up all night and I'd, I'd been you know, doing a bit of CAD stuff and sort of um, 3D modeling this this version of folding knife that I have. Um, and the last couple of days I've been 3D printing them so I can get working prototypes. And it's just completely consumed me all week. And I, for what started off as a terrible week, has actually turned into something quite quite exciting. And, and I'm yeah, I'm just raring to go. So it's it's been a funny week, but. Um, good one i am yeah i've been learning a lot and that's when i'm most happy i think so it's it's been a good one look at you hmm. yes so we big plans for so it's it's not gonna be for a few months because obviously i need to you know make them test them make iterations and so on um but yeah literally my head has been full on into slip joints this week um and yeah designing parts and that kind of thing it's, it's just been real fun real fun it's starting something more fresh if you like because you know a, a fixed blade is very very different um it's just been lots of fun lots of fun can i tell you that i've listened to both episodes that you and aaron goff did of the xyz podcast and i'm 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 finding i'm finding them great oh thank you super very much. fascinating you both have great chemistry um i really enjoyed it i would imagine that you're gonna i'm gonna be we're gonna be seeing a lot more cnc stuff with you I think so. That is the plan. I've got I've got one on the way, a new machine on it on the way, which is um, more sort of industrial than the what I've currently got. Um, so that'll be doing all my handles going forward anyway, even even for the you know the fixed blades, chef knives, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, this will be crucial when it comes to folding knives as well. Um, it's that thing where I know very little about CNC. I've got a few machines here that are sort of CNC based, if you like. Um, and I know how to use them, but I'm not really pushing them as far as I could. And 
I think, you know, the, the more skills you have, the more creative you can be. So I'm all over it and I'm really enjoying that learning process. It's like starting to learn to make knives again from the very beginning, you know, when you start watching all the Walter Sorrells videos and you get really excited and you can't wait to do it. I'm at that stage again now and I'm really enjoying it. That's great. It's, it is a good, you know, I'm not, I don't, half the time I was listening to the, the last one and you guys were, I liked how you were talking about like things and, you know, you're talking about car crashes and how, you know, CNC works with, you know, roll cages and car, car crashes. And, hmm. and then um, when you're talking about SpaceX, but then you started talking about Raspberry Pis and I'm looking up these fucking Raspberry Pis thinking I like a Raspberry Pi, but then I, <laughs> then I find this fucking circuit board and I'm like, what the fuck is this? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I like Arduinos and Raspberry Pis. I'm just like, oh, boy, they're talking about Raspberry Pi. Yeah. Look at I, you. A lot, a lot of that show, because um, Aaron's so knowledgeable about all these things, a lot of the show is me saying, for those who don't know what that is, it's me giving, like, a layman's introduction to what he's talking about because he knows so much more than me. And that's why I enjoy doing it because I'm picking his brains a lot as well. It's Yeah, it is really good fun. Enjoy it. So that's every... We record every Tuesday and it goes live every Wednesday. And again, that's on the Makery Network. Some good shows on that sh on that shit. Some good shit on that show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking so, at Mead's knives right now. They uh, yeah, I think I think he's Australian. I think. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. Guy his videos are really work, really good at explaining his process and that kind of thing. It's been a massive help, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm, it says mm -hmm, Mount Pleasant. Mm -hmm. Port Elizabeth, Eastern Cape. I don't know what there that means, go. though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's not straight yeah. enough. Yeah. Cool. Well, I tell you what, whilst we're looking at Mead's Knives... Knife Talk is sponsored <laughs> by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat-treating ovens available. Find your next oven at evenheat-kiln.com. To the chopper! To the chopper. Um, and that's one thing I've been using my even heat for. So with a um, with a folding knife, um, that, that the type that I'm doing, they have this like back spring on them. Um, and you need to temper it in such a way that it's obviously strong enough, but it gives the right sort of friction to hold the the knife in two different positions. And that's all about the temper. And there's no way you could do that if you didn't have like an electronically controlled kiln. So another reason why an even heat is, you know, essential certainly in my shop at the moment anyway get yourself at even heat damn right hey man can i ask you a question you got a question we got answers maybe so just send us a dm <laughs> we try <laughs> maybe hey baby you want to ask me a question who are you talking to you talking, I'm talking to? to you. Uh, <laughs> hey, baby, can you fix you have an auto body, man? What, <laughs> hey, baby, that sounds well, like the beginning of a the... really bad porno. Hey, baby, can I fix your? <laughs> can I fix your fucking panel? We, we get all the hate cuties. <laughs> hey, baby. Yeah. All right. This first question. Oh wait. So this is the part of the show where you ask questions. We do our best to answer them. If you got a question, you can send it straight to us. Contact us via DM at Knife Talk on Instagram. It's that easy. He really tried to like get that one like in tight. <laughs> Super easy. So I'll kick it off with Frederick's pair. Frederick's pair? Frederick Spare? Yeah. One of those. Uh, it says, hey, guys, I'm wondering if any of you got any experience with bench grinders. The one with the stone wheel. Sorry, the one with the stone wheels. I'm thinking uh, they could be used... 
for the rough profiling and forge scale removal instead of using belts and a poor uh, and a poor abusive uh, abused serrated wheel. Sorry, uh, I have zero experience with uh, with them, so thought I'd check with you regarding how powerful it should be, what wheels to use, and so on. Thanks for the great podcast. What do you guys think about using bench grinders? Uh-huh. So he means those ones with the stone wheels. Right. Yeah, yeah um, usually it's like from, silicon carbide wheels, those green ones, at least. Yeah, from my understanding, they're, they're more for sort of maybe sharpening tools, that kind of thing, chisels, that kind of thing. I, I personally wouldn't want to use it for um, making a knife, but I, I know some people shape those stones, though, and I've seen people use them for, you know, doing serrated knives, that kind of thing, if you shape the stone, put a profile on it. But... Um, you know, all my stuff is is stock removal, and it's it's pretty thin stock anyway. Um, and using one of those stones, I wouldn't have the most control. I suppose if you're forging and you've got some big thick stock, and maybe in between welds, you could use it to remove forge scale because you don't have to, maybe don't have to be that accurate. Um, but for for doing bevels, and I I certainly wouldn't try and use that. I'd I'd stick to belts. Sure, I've seen those. I've seen mod kits for those bench grinders. Um. And I've, but I've seen most, most often I've seen farriers use them. Um, it's just like a, a little two by 34 or something like that. Two by 36, or I don't know what yeah. belt mod kit. Um, but if you throw one of those on there, you might be able to use it. Um, the, one of the biggest problems I think, um, with the bench grinders is that they go so damn fast. It's like 3,400 uh, RPM or something like that. Like they're whipping. So you, I would be concerned about burn up steel for sure too. Mm. I got And that sort of chatter that you get with something as hard as stone, you'd get this, yeah. this chatter, you know, if you're trying to do bevels on there, I'd imagine. Right. I got one of those mod kits and they're great, except for the fact that you're, you know, it's right. Exactly. 36, a 36 uh, inch belt. So you're you're like you're you're chewing them up. I was actually for a while I was using it with the mod kit for sharpening, but I was just like I'm wait I'm just wasting money on these belts. They're just too small. I would I would take it off and put like a wire. I would I like them for a what with a wire wheel, but I mean sure. not for knife making. Maybe yeah. for like if you're like forging stuff and you want to like get this forge scale off. But like those 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 rocks are you can throw them in the garbage as far as I'm concerned I don't want anything to do with them they're because they're, that's the chatter is the move like you, you you're bumping around on there and it's it's the worst I I fucking hate those things I throw mm-hmm. them right the fuck out put a buffing wheel on it put a wire wheel on it put anything on it those goddamn rocks thing sucks Sour. happy birthday Jeff take a deep breath and a big smile Dude, happy you, birthday mate. You, I just gave you a little bit of extra spice to your answer <laughs> I didn't I didn't really my, our answers were I almost identical except for I just juiced mine up you did well done well happy done. birthday to you your mind's still in it for a 58 year old your mind I, is still yeah, listen there listen to you you <laughs> gray haired <laughs> it. It's natural gray. It's none of this yeah, dye. Yeah, black in a box gray. like yeah, yours, mate. Your regular Anderson Cooper, <laughs> fucking guy. Um, okay, next one is from Blue Hound uh, Bladesmith. Um, hey guys, can I ask you a question? How do you avoid losing all the skin off your thumbs when hand sanding? Um, well, he says when hand standing. I think he means hand sanding. <laughs> 
<laughs> she's into acrobatics I don't know. Uh, masking tape and accepting the pain are about all I can come up with thanks for the fantastic entertainment and occasional education good <laughs> okay that's the answer <laughs> my answer this is my answer you know listen if you, you gotta just do what you gotta do yeah what do you want from I, me wear some gloves or something for Christ's sakes yeah I mean with your hand signs I think if you're wearing gloves it's you're not getting that feel maybe you know it's the, uh, the, the latex gloves that you use to shove your up your finger your ass you know what I mean? <laughs> You're getting it from me today, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm fucking... I can't... You're getting it from me. I think that Mareko's way, he glues it. Why don't you tell how you put your your paper on? Because it's going to be a lot more uh, normal than my answer is going to be. <laughs> I'm sure everybody wants to hear your answer. Uh, it's going to... Here's my answer. Dude, <laughs> learn, how, learn how to get a little tough. I mean, figure something out. Don't ask us oh, a fucking podcast. Why your fingers hurt? I don't know, man. <laughs> You're asking the show you. pointless. <laughs> that really isn't it. Why are you asking us? <laughs> you hit me at the wrong time. You hit me the wrong time on the wrong day, the wrong morning. You get bad answers from me. So for a second, Mareko's I was confused as to why, why his thumbs were hurting. And it's because he was probably pinching the paper somehow over a sanding stick. Um, I don't do that. I, I cut out... Um, or I, so I'll back up a little bit. My approach uh, doesn't use any uh, like lubricants of any kind. Not not like uh, not WD forty, not Windex or anything. It's all dry. And so um, and so the reason it works and the reason I love it is because I can take my piece of sandpaper and cut it down to these little one inch by three inch uh, strips, and I use a spray adhesive on my um, sanding stick. Um, yeah, I, let's see. I made my sanding stick out of a scrap piece of two by four. Uh, then I backed it with um, like rubber gasket, which you can just get at uh, a hardware store. You can get like a little six by six or uh, eight by eight piece for just a couple bucks. I cut that down into a one inch by three inch strip, put that on the sanding stick, and then that's what I stick all my sandpaper to. That way it has a little bit of give, but it's still pretty, pretty firm. Um, but I can just stick one of those on, use it until it's gone, pull it back off and put another one on there. And I'm never touching the sandpaper except for to take it off or to put it on. Um, otherwise I, that frees up my hands to hold on. I have like, uh, my hand, hand sanding stick was actually inspired by Nick Wheeler and he's got these great handles on either side of his sanding paddle. And so I can really hog in there if I need to, um, and put my weight on, um, on the work instead, which would be really hard to do if you were just, you know, pinching the piece of sandpaper around a little piece of uh, hand sanding stick would be pain in the ass. But um, that's my approach. I there don't know go. if that makes that's sense. That's the answer. Uh, GA Custom Blades asks, uh, hey man, can I ask you a question? Um, I don't I don't make knives in large batches and I find the dispensing pumps on the West Systems Epoxy too much for what I need. He said, what do you guys do to avoid wasting all that epoxy? So he means those, the, you know, the big bottles and yeah. they've got the, the hand pumps on top for mixing. Mm -hmm. um, if he's only doing a little bit, um, what do you guys do? Start spackling stuff. <laughs> fill, fill, filling, <laughs> in crack, filling in cracks left and right. I'm sure your shop's full of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, not a bad answer. <laughs> not a bad answer. I, I, have, uh, I also have the small tubes. 
So if I'm only doing a small amount, I'm using the tubes. Uh, shout out to G Flex. I am now I am a hundred percent G Flex man. I love the G Flex. Yeah. I have the two, I have the the um, the West Is that your DJ name. G Flex. DJ G Flex. I wish my fucking Jeff Flex. <laughs> I'm definitely. I'm definitely. Uh, yes, that's. I have nothing to say. I'm not very clever right now. Um, yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I no. I, my fucking mother's calling me. Okay. I, I shouldn't answer one on the podcast. It would be funny though. I should put um, it on speaker. I'm not doing that. Fucking. Just that's just that's just what I need. No, I have uh, small bat. I have small tubes for less uh, less knives. And then for I, I use the bigger ones. I I think one pump gets me. <laughs> here you go. Here you go, Craig. I guess one pump gets me five knives of the two things. Right. Worth yeah. of stuff. So if I'm doing less than five glue ups, I'll go with the uh, small tubes. Yeah. I use I use wear systems, um, but I use the rather than the ones with the bigger ones with the pump, the next ones down, which are in the like the, the steel um bottles. Um and what I tend to do is measure them out into a little silicon, like a cupcake mix, you know, a cupcake's holder thing. Mix it out to one of them on top of those little micro scales, you know, little drug dealer scales, because they can give you um, you know, really precise measurements. And I know people are going to say, oh, you shouldn't do it by weight, you should do it by volume. But, you know, for, for small amounts, there's not much in it. So, so yeah, that's the way I do it. And that, that way you're guaranteed no waste. Um, and, you know, those ones with the bigger ones with the pumps, they screw off anyway. So you can always pour out um, into something smaller so you can then decant onto something with those small scales. So there shouldn't really be any need for, for wastage. There you go. There it is. Hey. All right, the next Would question. Just take the next one, Jeff. The yeah. next one comes from Will Morrison. Will Morrison down in Australia, good dude. Hand rub finishes hide fucked up bevels. A good <laughs> belt finish is more difficult. Speak on this. <laughs> Speak now, on this. <laughs> now, here's what I, I want to just say about Will Morrison. If you're not following Will Morrison, you're making a huge mistake. Amazing knife maker. And when he submits to Knife Talk, it's either funzy testicle and penis questions or i'm shoot i'm taking shots across the bow so i immediately read this and i looked at the time and i was just like i think he's drinking i think he's drinking when he writes these things and then i sent a message so you're drinking aren't you and he goes of course it's Franklin saturday night so either he's, he's australian fun- of course it's, it's, it's like it's like it's fucking saturday night of course or it's friday night of course i'm drinking i'm like that's what you do you he shoots off he shoots his mouth off he either gives us like dick jukes, dick, dick and fart questions, or I'm taking shots across the bow. I, I'm on to you, Will. I'm fucking on He's, to you. He has got a point. He's got a point. I think. Um, yeah, hand rub finishes. They can hide fucked up bevels, and I sometimes, you know, I'm very proud of a good belt finish. And on certain blades that I do, like my little box cutters, they're all just belt finishes. Um, and because they're only little, it's quite easy to do a good finish. Um, and I think a good belt finish looks beautiful. I, I like it. Um, so some things I don't always um, hand rub. But yeah, they can certainly hide a multitude of sins, I think. What do you what think? Do you guys think? I agree. Is it possible? Is it possible that when we're making stuff, don't, don't brace yourself, I'm not going to say anything crazy. Is it possible that we are 
craftsmen for the most part. And then there's a little bit of humanity in the things that we do. And maybe celebrating a little bit of that humanity is okay. Must we be perfect? Must we be perfect? Must we, (laughs) must we be perfect? Well, you know, back to, I said how my week went, looking at the beginning of the week um, to the end of the week. So these folding knives that I'm going to do, I'm going to mechanize as much as I can, use the CNC as much as I can. Um, And what that means is everything will be perfect, perfect. And when you buy a, a cheap knife from the store, generally everything is pretty much perfect. Um, so I think for it to, to add value to show that it's a handmade product, I think it will not intentionally add in imperfections, um, but things like hand rubbed finish to show that that you know a human has been um, working on it, not just pressing buttons because it is that easy. Obviously, throw your steel and press a button, and, uh, and that's how it's done. Um, I think, yeah, it's a weird one. I think those little imperfections do add value in a weird way. Is it possible? I've always felt that. Um, I've always felt that visually, when you see the hand rubbed finish, satin finish, hand sanded finish, your eye moves along the profile of the knife, and those lines going from the heel to the tip allow your eye to, you know, kind of follow through the length of the blade. It's a, a knife is a directional object. It's a directional object. Hmm. So I've always felt that that helps the eye kind of go, you know, move forward. The other thing is, is when you're cleaning it, it's easy to kind of, when you're wiping it down, you're not going to like, you're not, you know, you're, when you're wiping it, you're wiping from the heel to the tip and maybe you're not going to scratch it. You're not going to scratch it and see like, you know, if, the, if you have a belt finish, sometimes you'll get like, you know, you whatever, you get a ring on or something like that. You might get a scratch and then it's almost like, like a checkerboard, hmm. you know? I just, you know, my opinion about, you know, what I do is, is I try to keep everything as simple as possible because I'm not a perfectionist. I'm, I don't, my, in my family, when, when we made, my dad was a painter, my, my sisters were sculptors and I was a sculptor. I like a little bit of humanity in it. So I don't get too bogged down with whether or not, you know, it's, I, I don't get, I don't get bogged down with that shit. And I also try to back away from seeing these little tiny details and try to make more uh, broad decisions based on simplicity and easy transitions. So, Will, bottoms up. <laughs> Jeff, you're still a sculptor. I want to be more. I want to do it more. But at the same time, it's like I've never been a perfectionist. I, I've, my work is I like... To, I think that's, I've said this before, that's the reason why I, I felt very comfortable using, with the Uri Hoffi technique of blacksmithing, where there is this, you know, you're celebrating, you know, the spontaneity, you're celebrating the humanity and things, and, you know, it's not made by a machine, and, it, you know, you're just allowing things to happen, and I, I believe in that way. Hmm. What, what are your thoughts on, the, on that, Marekko, about um, maybe adding value showing that it has been made by hand whereas if it's too perfect it could easily be replicated maybe by a machine mm. um uh, to be honest uh, even the nicest manufactured chef's knives i've ever seen had plenty of flaws in them um and i actually honestly think this the work that we're doing by hand because we are even though our pro our, and i think it's actually maybe 
especially because our process is so much slower, um, we can just see and pay attention to even minor details that would be overlooked by a manufacturer. Mm. Um, and I actually think that the work that we're doing by hand is far better than anything that is manufactured. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have spent too much time time in cutlery shops and looking at knives and i know jeff hates doing that um but i know craig's been to a lot of cutlery shops and probably yes, yeah. has had his hands on a lot of knives i don't know a lot of the stuff i've seen you know there's like big gaps between the handle material and the tang and you know there's this weird walk in the spine when you sight down the spine and there's all kinds of stuff that i would never let fly on my work um but again in a manufacturing setting they're blasting out thousands a day um, or at least a week and, um, and they just can't take the time to, you know, focus on those things. Otherwise it's, it's not a scalable, sustainable business as at least that fits the model. I'm sure they're shooting for, which is as many as possible, uh, for as much as possible. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I don't know that I, I think there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with a belt finish. I think what's key is that you have to keep it clean and consistent if you're going to do a belt finish i've seen some belt sh finishes that are fucking disgusting um but if you look at like S steve pellegrino he does belt finishes on his work they're stunning they're great especially when in when you look at them in the photographs um uh, you can't tell what direction the the pattern the scratch pattern is going it's really kind of like an in-person thing but i think at that point you're already kind of married to the product especially if you're a customer and you bought it you know you're not going to get it and say oh fuck these scratch scratches are going the wrong direction but i hmm. do understand what jeff's saying about how it how it encourages the flow of like i don't know just the the eye as it's admiring the piece maybe when you first are getting it or any time after um but i don't know i think I'm... just the fact that we're making them by hand it, it's clear even as quote-unquote perfect uh as a knife could be there's always going to be some flaws i see flaws in my stuff all the fucking time just like little inconsistencies with uh you know sym symmetry um especially when i'm doing like the japanese cowboy handles they look really close but honestly like if you had to take photo or if you took the handle off and split it in half and put them side by side there's they would not look exactly the same um, but you got to take that in consideration. Like no, people are only looking at half of the handle at a time, anyways, and so it's just got to be good enough. Um, and and my good enough is pretty high standard for my stuff. But yeah, that's like that. Nah, as, as long as it's good enough for an Instagram photo, that's that's all. That <laughs> <laughs> all you guys are crazy. Uh. I listen. I think that I love a belt finish. If you can do a nice one, I'm I do them. I'm doing them more often and I'm getting a much better result. And I, I'd love to be able to do a belt finish. I did, a, I did a belt. I started doing belt finishes on knives and I kept for myself and I liked them. I thought they were great. I, they could be better, but I liked them. Yeah. And, um, look, you know, Will's, Will's looking for trouble. Like, Will's looking <laughs> for it trouble. Is. It's okay. Will. I didn't tell. I hope what? Will. the next one is going to be a, you know, scrotum or fart question because <laughs> Jesus. you know it must be what he's drinking it depends on what he's drinking i think i think i've started to think maybe oh, like he was tequila getting versus bourbon whatever whatever definitely <laughs> you're the man Will. you're the man i, I first oh. read when i first read his question i thought it was it sounds like somebody might have been giving him a hard time and say and excusing like making some 
excuse about hand sanding versus machine finishing. I don't think Will's getting a hard time from many people. <laughs> I mean, I hope not. Mm. I mean, that would be you. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, but I think we'd all love to have a perfect off the belt finish. Um, but you know, for that to happen, you're gonna need a good grinder, really. If you can't have some old rusty or rankety thing that's like tracking all over the place, you're gonna need a good grinder. Tell us, Jeff, what would be a good grinder to buy? Broadbeck Ironworks. Brianwork. Broadbeck Ironwork. <laughs> Ironworks. Rolls off the tongue. <laughs> Two by seventy-two <laughs> grinder. It's a grinder made for knife makers by knife makers. Vince and Ryan do a great job. They got the. They're very thoughtful in regards to what uh, a knife maker is looking for. Um, besides the fact that they have really great. Uh, it's a great kit. And you put it together and, you know, you don't have to worry about the shipping and stuff like that. It's all rolled in. Um, they're really thoughtful in regards to their attachments, you know? And, uh, and I, if did, you... I did see this week they've got their um, um, surface uh, grinder attachments um, being shipped. Um, I saw a big pack of them all. So, yeah, if you've ordered one of them, it's on its way. They're beautiful. And, you know, even if you don't have a Broadbeck Ironworks grinder, uh, you know, you can still you, you can still get their attachments. Their attach, attachments are very well-priced, and they're great. You know, go to BroadbeckIronworks.com, put in Knife Talk 10, get yourself some 10% off, and they're doing a, a flat-rate deal to ship to Canada. So get in on, in on that, too. Cool. Things that make you go... Hmm. Yeah. Well, th- we got some dilemmas. This is this is it's it's gone from dilemmas to um things that make you go, "What?" There's a like there's like a <laughs> lot of like also the ramblings of our listeners. So, besides a couple of dilemmas, we also have some uh things people wanted to say. Um if, so if you wanted to, you know, write us a comment and stuff like that, you can send it in and we'll uh, read it to you. Actually, in regards to uh we were talking about a belt storage, Bob Menard Wanted it, wanted us to know that he actually uses old MIG wire spools, and he puts the MIG wire spools on the wall, and then oh, yeah. that keeps his belts. For, um, he holds them on the MIG wire spools. You got to go through a lot of MIG wire spools. Like you got to, you're gonna be MIG welding like a motherfucker in order to get enough of them. So the next one comes from John Roberts. Um, Hi, you lovely people. I have a pro tip for you. To get a really dark finish on a blade, use cat piss. I recently <laughs> discovered this when a neighbor's cat snuck in through an open window, made a beeline straight for some swords I'm working on, and took a whiz all over him. I've never seen a darker blade than where this little bastard took a piss on them. It also left me wondering whether, it was n- whether or not the cat loves or hates my work. On one <laughs> hand, he pissed all over it. On the other hand, he tried to put his maker's mark on them. Great show. Uh, great show. Makes Mondays worthwhile. P.S. I'm not sure if cat piss is food safe. Probably not. Is there anything worse than cat's piss, the smell? Ugh, and this horrendous. week, I thought our cat had been going into my workshop and pissing because every morning I'd come in and it was stinking of, of well, of cat's piss. And I'm like, but the door's been locked. How has he got in? And I'm, I'm going around sniffing all the corners, see if I can find it. <laughs> I can see sniffing it, all the corners. It turns out, if you leave the lid off acetone, and acetone gets below around about sort of 10 degrees Celsius, it smells of cat piss. Oh, right. So, yeah. 
It does. It really stinks of cat piss. So wow. acetone with the lid off when it gets cold, it absolutely stinks. So yeah, top tip: make sure you're covering up that acetone and keeping it in a warm place because it bloody stinks. Mm. I don't know how you'd, uh, if you wanted to focus a cat to piss on your blade in a very nice way, in order to get that dark tone. I'd be a, that's a trick. I don't know you how bring you bring up that hormone. Milking yeah. your cat for its urine is seems a little bit unreasonable. All right, and no, nothing else to talk about about you know the what milking anymore. cats was well, that was the highlight for me. Okay, all right, sorry. all right. So um, uh, we were talking last week about packaging, and Fourth Valley Forge says he was just listening. I was just listening to your last po- podcast talking about packaging and using side towels slash tea towels as your packaging eases. I've been doing that. That's my move. So he's been uh, he's been getting tea towels with his logo on it and wrapping them up. I think it's a great idea. So everybody rip off Fourth Valley Forge. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The next one comes from um, Jay Berry Knives. Hey, fellas, here's my dilemma. I hope you can weigh in on it. I've been getting a lot more than I, uh, I've been getting more than enough orders to keep me busy lately, which is great. The problem is, is I'm doing the same thing over and over, and it leaves me with no time to branch out my knowledge or skills. There's a ton I want to learn. Uh, and do but simply don't have the time i have a great full-time job and knives are truly just a hobby that i really enjoy i'm not doing it for the money so should i stop taking orders and start growing my skill set i always feel bad when i turn someone away and in the end i'm making money on my hobby so why am i bitching anyways keep it up so do you know yes. what he's saying yeah stop Hit taking it. orders <laughs> you're the one in control of your time or you should be and i think Unfortunately, you got to say no, especially, yeah, I don't know, especially if you're doing it as a hobby and you want to learn more, but you're beholding yourself to these orders, you know, you're the one in control of your, your schedule, especially when you're not relying on it for income. Um, no, but it's, it's, it's a good feeling when somebody wants to buy one, they put an order in, feels yeah, good. But you you, you kind of, you know, there's like that reverse psychology, like you say no and they want it more, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Just say, you know, it's going to be six months before. I, don't promise it right away then, you know, Just schedule remember, it out you, so that you have time. If you say no enough, they stop asking. Never forget. Say no yeah. enough and they stop asking. Sure. Maybe sort of take some, Let you say you work full time anyway. Um, and you do this as a hobby. So let's say, I don't know, you're doing eight hours a week making knives on top of your full-time job. Um, put maybe just two two hours aside, so you're doing six hours, and that two hours is for you to work on something that you're going to have fun doing or you'll be learning doing. Um, and I think that'll make the other six hours, well, I say more bearable, but I'm, I assume you're enjoying it anyway because it's your hobby. You know, if you're not reliant on it, you must be enjoying it anyway. But yeah, just carve, just carve away just a little bit of that time to do something where, as I say, you're either learning or just something that you really want to be doing to enjoy. All right, you heard it here. <laughs> Next one comes from Hendrik Golden. I've been blacksmithing for a year or so and finally started making knives. My goal is to get to a point in my smithing that you could look at my knife and say, "That's a clover forged knife." The same way I look at a Ben Snur hammer and say, that's positively a hammer made by Ben Snur. In what ways have you guys tried to mark your knives with an individual style so that even without your mark, people can still identify it as your work? Thanks for the answer uh, last week. I guess we answered a question from last week, and I love the show. Hmm. So what are you guys going to do to create your style? 
It's very similar to, to a question we had last week, actually, isn't it? About, you know, ripping off other people and making sure that yours yours will be unique. Um, and I think the three of us have got that, our own sort of style. Um, if I, you know, I can talk about mine and you two, you guys can talk about yours. But um, I think mine are very sort of simplistic, um, clean. Um, I, I, I'm not, you know, my sort of style isn't that sort of um rough looking back at sort of the past minus sort of looking to the future i'd like to think you know and then and they're um not traditional in their sort of design um but yeah but just clean um very sort of neutral color palettes as well um jeff what about yours i think that i well for me i think the more recognizable of my knives is mine or my oyster knives those are yeah. i mean just the way i make those seem to be a little bit more um unique to me um but i'd say your your colors as well the colors the g10 colors that you use for your chef knives eh, everybody they uses make G10. them so uniquely yours hey, everybody uses g10 colors i mean it's like it's not like they make tones you know <laughs> i mean the g10 is g royal blue and toxic green and you know they don't, there's not like gradations it's not like painting you know it's it's just putting colors together so i don't know i i i tend to i tend to think more about in regards to uh, I have to think about more in regards to sculpture. When you see my sculpture, you you recognize it. And I think that a lot of it has to do with the things that you like to focus on. What I was talking about when we were talking about Will is I like there to be a little humanity to come out. And I like there to be kind of simplicity. I love there to be um, easy transitions and then slowly, slowly kind of develop something that's going to make... I'm not sure my K-tips look just like only, you know, something that I would do. I think there's probably a lot of similarities to other people's stuff. And I think ultimately you, you just have to kind of like go by what you like and then as you like it, you you develop it. Yeah. And to, just to follow up on that a little bit, I think, I mean, he's talking about becoming almost sort of a brand, having that brand awareness around his his uh his work follow that through with everything so with your website um the, you know the style of pictures that you choose for social media make sure everything has this sort of brand running throughout it and i think then you know your work will become more recognizable um in in different formats too yeah uh i would say that the way i've i've tried to make my work stand apart is really with my strengths especially regarding uh patterns that I forge my steel out of, or my blades out of, as well as um, like the the handle contours, and like I was just talking about the Japanese cowboy style handle or western or faceted western. Um, it's it's trying to put effort in a direction that not very many people are are or can do, um, and that's where I've really helped my work stand apart. Um, I think, I don't know you guys would be a better judge of that, but I think, yeah, just, you know, trying to create patterns and, and flow and activity that people haven't really seen before, uh, or that looks very dramatically different from other stuff helps it stand apart just alone. Like, I, I don't know how many messages I get from people saying, I've never seen a pattern that looks like that. Um, and that makes me feel good inside because hopefully they haven't on some of the stuff because I'm trying to innovate when it comes to those kind of patterns, some of the patterns that I'm making, you know? Yeah. Oh. And you got to do You got to do enough of them that you, you have a body of work that is consistent. I think consistency 
the reason why Ben Snur's hammers look like Ben Snur's hammers is there, there's a there's a there's an amount and there's a volume and then there's uh, consistency, you know, and and the growth is not just like massive growth. It's you see they get cleaner and cleaner and cleaner, and the more he does it, the more they're focused on what he does. I, I think mm-hmm. volume. I think people, you know, you could do one knife and someone's gonna, you know, one knife isn't gonna be, you know. That's a fucking Culverfield Ford. You only made one knife. Obviously, it's the only one he made. You know, you gotta like, you gotta like, work. I mean, perfect example is is Florentine kitchen knives. I mean, no one's ripped, been ripped off. He's been ripped off a lot because he has created such a distinctive style. That's just, it's you know, there's no question when you see a Florentine kitchen knife that's that's Tomer's and Gnome's. Hmm. I mean, it's yeah. he's created something that's by far the most recognizable in in uh, as a you know original design i think yeah yeah and and going back to ben snow you just mentioned ben's um, i was looking at, funny enough just yesterday looking at his feed on instagram and again his feed has a style to it as well you know so he, he has this clean white background with these lovely clean hammers just following through on everything he does and you know some people even with the language that they use and when they're you know putting their descriptions on things or the you know the language used on the website yeah everything just needs to be consistent and if it's consistent enough over time people will recognize that style as yours are we ready for the next question or any more to add anything more to add i'm done all right, all right. i'm done i'm done all right this one comes from citizen metalwork Guys, I need your words. I just got laid off again for the third time this year while the governor of California has a $500 per person dinner at the French Laundry with no mask on. Indoors. I've been cooking for 15 years. A cook for five, a sous chef for five, an executive chef for five. I look at my chef coat with the fancy letters and I think, fuck you. Fuck the Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. I've worked you every week. Fuck the back injuries that you've covered. Fuck the milk crates I've sat on to eat every holiday dinner leftovers out of a deli cup. I feel like I've been shooed up and spit out. I've given everything to this industry, and I'm sending my resume to Craigslist ads for a 7-Eleven graveyard cashier shift so I don't have to sleep in my fucking car. Worst part is I'm a few thoughts away from putting uh, putting my 2x72 grinder and the rest of my tools up for sale just for one more month's rent i'm just lost with this whole situation fuck Mm, that stinks man that stinks my heart goes out to everybody who's you know works in this sort of restaurant industry it's just it's it's killing it's killing the whole industry and you know back back home in wales they've they, they, it's, it's bad everywhere but as an example back home in wales they've been closed for you know for months um they had to go ahead to reopen again i think about two weeks ago um and again now they've been told no you need to be closed um they just can't get off the ground you know and i'm pretty sure the restaurant owners they want people to be back in work they want you know they want to be serving food to people they want people to be happy and i, I just don't know what the solution is it's just you know, everybody wants this 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 virus, this pandemic, to go away, and you know, hopefully, you know, vaccines and that will help. But in the meantime, what is the solution? You know, it it sucks that restaurants have to close, and you know, and people are are hurting, and people are, you know, they're struggling. People are struggling really hard. But I just don't know what the solution is. I'm afraid, and it's it yeah, it's it's really sucks. What do you think, Bracco? Fucking, I don't know. 
this is definitely a dilemma. Um, I mean, if if you got to sell your stuff, I mean, especially like stuff that's replaceable and it might take time to get that money back together again. Um, or you can hold on to it. I don't know. I mean, or you can hold on to it and get, and get a job that sucks at least for now, because I don't think this, this isn't going to be forever. Um, you know, if you can manage to hold on to those, you know, your knife making stuff and just get a job that'll keep you out of your car. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that might be a way to do it, but if it, if times are hard and you're desperate, then yeah, I think it, you do got to offload stuff to be able to make sure you feed, you can feed yourself or got a roof over your head. Um, but yeah, super hard. Listen, citizen, you, you, you're in an industry that before this pandemic was in a bullshit industry anyway. Let's just be clear. The restaurant industry is, is works on these ridiculous margins and you know it and you work for flea bag owners and you work for, you know, in terrible conditions and you've sacrificed and it's, it's, it, you know, you know, when you're listening to this, that you know that it isn't the greatest of industries in regards to treating its staff and its help. I don't understand how the governors and the city and the mayors, I know that there are a lot of people who are making these decisions based on the pandemic. I don't understand how, I don't understand how there, there isn't the same treatment to restaurants as they do when they do eminent domain. I don't know if you know what eminent domain is. The governments decide that they need your, your property or your space for something, and then they take it, but they compensate you. So I have no idea why these restaurants are being closed down because the government's making them close down or they're, you're, they're preventing them and they're not being compensated. It, it makes no sense to me. It's nothing to do with the restaurant. It's nothing to do with the owners and how they're, uh, they do their business. But for some reason, they're not compensating these people, which is outrageous. That's number one. Number two is if you've been a cook and a sous chef and an executive chef, you have a degree of skills that transcend working in a restaurant. You have time management skills, you have organizational skills, you have um, meeting deadline skills, and this all transfers into making knives or making something. You have the ability to take something, use proper technique, and give it to someone. It's the same thing as cooking. I think you should fucking fight. I think you should either find a job, get a job, do whatever it takes. I think you should knock some knives out and you can sell them. You keep them simple. I know you're probably just learning, but you got to do whatever it takes and, and not blame just, you know, you know, the industry sucks, but you have to take your skill set and you have to apply them and then you have to make it do whatever it takes. And I'm telling you this for this reason, the last metal shop I was at, I wasn't happy because it was like a, it was a chop. It was like a real, uh, you know, bang, bang shop or crazy deadlines and just unrealistic and staying late and going on installs that I hated doing and being on, you know, it was awful. And a friend of mine offered me a job to work it with him as a fine cabinetry guy. And I wanted to do it because it was, it was a bit less work. It'd be a little bit more money. And then it was a different situation. I was glad I took it. And then I got laid off because I wanted, I, I didn't want to work under the table. I wanted to work on the books because I'm a fucking grown up. You know, I don't want to work under, under the table. 
And I know he laid me off and he said, because I can't afford to pay the government for, for all the different things for you, for your unemployment and all that shit. So it just became too expensive. And I was forced to make a decision. What am I going to do? I'm not going to go back to the metal shop. And at the time, it was like an opera. It, my, my wife says, well, we, we do need, you know, we do need help with our, our daughter was very young at the time and I needed, you know, someone should be home. I was able to turn my basement into a shop and I was able to make sculpture. I was able to take, take on railing jobs. I was able to make knives. I was able to take advantage of the situation. And I didn't, I didn't fucking stop. I stayed up late. I worked like a dog. I did whatever it took. I used my Instagram as a uh, marketplace to kind of show, like if I, if I stopped doing knives and I posted lures, I'd be selling lures. If I post knives, I sell knives. And I think that you have to take this situation as a great opportunity and you have to do whatever it takes to make it happen. I'm with you. And, and you know, if you reach out to me and if you need, you know, talk to me, in private we'll talk and i'll do whatever it takes to help you because i've done that i've done that with a few a few of our listeners have been reaching out in the past and you know i you know we're there for you and it sucks and it fucking infuriates me be honest with you because i hate the restaurant industry because i think they're scum but for some reason we just you're still drawn to it so keep the faith do whatever it takes and i'm with you sorry guys that was a little bit no, no. I, I, I think everybody agrees. It's, it's, it's one of those things where everybody feels a little bit helpless um, watching, you know, this, this, these crazy things happen to, you know, hardworking people. And whilst you're then seeing, uh, you know, as he mentioned, you know, governors going off to restaurants and well, no, they're they're, they're fucking... not doing what they're not doing what everybody else is doing. And, it, and it, yeah, it's a bit of a kick in the teeth, but it's. <sighs> I got a friend who was an executive chef at a really nice restaurant. He left, he opened up a beautiful restaurant in Tribeca. Beautiful food, great reviews. He just, he, the margins are too small for these restaurants to stay open between the rent and everything else. I mean, you're making like, you know, whatever you're making, hardly anything off each plate. It's a, it's a fucking grind and you do it because you love it. But it's, it, he had to go out of business. Guys like sitting on, the, sitting on his couch, you know, going from like this high level restaurant to sitting on his couch and watching TV. It's fucking miserable. You got to do whatever it takes. Let's get relaxed. Let's get a little bit happy. What do you think, guys? Let's do okay. it. Let's do it. Um, shall, shall we sing happy birthday no, to you, Jeff? No, you should not first? sing oh, fucking happy birthday. you sure? I'm 100% sure. 59 years you've had people singing happy birthday to you, and you don't want it this year. Happy birthday. Jesus. Don't get sexy with me, Marekko. I, I would refuse. I, ref- <laughs> I, dis- I disregard uh, sex chicken. You can take sh- sex chicken, and you can <laughs> go pluck the sex chicken. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Shut up with the sex chicken. Mm. I don't like the sex chicken. All right, this one comes from. Uh, it's not good. It's not good. It's super not good. The sex chicken is never good. You know that, right? Happy birthday to you. Yeah, it's just not. It's not good. Okay. Uh, this is from Lepnik Knives. Hey, cuties, I have a dilemma for you. There are a few things in your life that you will always remember, like what you, where you were during 9-11 or when or maybe for the Welsh people might remember what happened, where they were when Princess Diana died. My dilemma is listening to you guys tell dick jokes on my phone when my brother called at my father's place and he found him dead. So I will probably remember you dudes and your dick jokes for the rest of my life for that. Should I consider a lobotomy or heavy use of alcohol or other chemicals to make me have amnesia? On the other hand, 
My dad was a dick joke man, and maybe I'll just be thinking of you and your smiley faces and dick jokes for the rest of my life. Oh, well, thanks for bringing the mood back up, Jeff. I think you know what? Picking that one Fucking, next. You know what? I think that dick jokes are important. I think being able to tell a fucking joke and to make people laugh. My favorite part of this podcast is when I can get Craig laughing like a maniac. Like, well, it sounds like Ricky Gervais at a laugh of his. And I love it. I fucking, I think it's great. I think laughter is the only thing we have that's free anymore. Yeah. Well, I think we got this show and we always say there's only so many times we can talk about plunge lines. And we've been doing this for a number of years now. And I don't know about you guys, but I enjoy this sort of coming together once a week and just having a chat. Um, but yeah, we can't just talk about bloody plunge lines and, you know, whether we should use jigs or not. Yeah, now when we have all these dicks to talk about. Exactly. And it just so happens that the industry we've chosen to work in has got so many dual entendres out there, you know, with regards to hand rubbing and all the rest of it. It's dick jokes are going to come out oh, over it. Yeah. Tang. Oh, my God. Somebody, oh, you can't make a, you can't, you can't say fast enough while you talk about a full tang, a hidden tang. What about a poon tang? You can't, you can't get that shit fast enough out of, out of people. They love it. They think they're the first working ones. Working on the tip and getting a good oh, six inches. Jesus grip. Christ. Yeah, there's a lot to it. Oh, well, I'll, to I'll it. show you a Spanish notch. Get the fuck out of here, you. <laughs> Choil? What's that? Is that part of your scrotum? I mean, you know, people have no idea. <laughs> and then the last one comes from Nicholas Tanner. Oh, P.S. Uh, Lepic Knives, we're sorry for your loss. Very. Yeah. So very sorry. Yeah. And I, I, hope that, I hope that the jokes at least were passable. Um. Nicholas Tanner, we're going to finish off with Nicholas Tanner. How much would you sell your left testicle for? I'm not offering, but I figure everyone has a price. What's yours? <laughs> He's not offering. <laughs> yeah, he, he said it, and it was just like, it's not like I'm placing an order, you know? So how much are you going to sell a nut for? I think you, you, you sell it by weight, by the pound. <laughs> and in that case, my right would be, would be more worthwhile, I think. You have two different size testicles? Of course. What do you mean, of course? What are you talking about, of course? <laughs> one hanging, one banging. Of course. <laughs> it's for max, maximum air, um, you know, uh, movement of air around the ball. Wait balls. a second. You have one lower than the do other. Do you really what, have what two different size biology? Are you saying you both have two different size testicles? Most human males do, and that's why our dicks hang to the left. <laughs> what? What kind of fucking maniac? Biology, are you? bro. Biology. Wait, so, which one is the one that's supposed to be bigger? What? Well, wait, Jeff is sixty-five years old. So why am I getting older? He's tripping over Why am I getting older every fucking five minutes, motherfucker? So you're telling me? You're telling me that in, in, in that one testicle is always bigger than the other? And what do you do? Oh, put a caliper on him? Put your camera on. Put your camera I'm on. Let me show you. I'm not yeah. Let me show you. <laughs> when okay. you go in for, for for your test and get your prostate massage, you can have your doctor tell you. Oh, he's turned on his camera. Jeff, he's pulling his pants off. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait. Well, why does the prostate man measure your ball size? No, for you. For you. For me. Your old man checkup. For me. <laughs> He'll, he'll let you I, know. Listen, ask I just your doctor understand. the next time you're in there. <laughs> Should I ask him which one's bigger and which one's yes. the left one and which one's the right one? They're all moving around in there. 
<laughs> you have just one uni ball. <laughs> now I have one. I got a set of them, but I just, you know, I don't really think about the left and the right, and I don't compare and contrast. They're just there. Oh, I'll tell you a funny okay. story. <laughs> I, I'll tell you a funny story. I went to a urologist once, and uh, he was feeling the tube between my testicles and wherever the fuck it goes oh. into your body oh, or whatever. Geez. And he, he's, he's grabbing them and pinching them and feeling them oh. and, you know, <laughs> making all sorts of, and I'm just like, this is a horrible feeling. This is, this is, this is the feeling that you think it would be. This is the feeling. Is this guy, the guy you met online? <laughs> no, oh, a fucking urologist, goddamn you. A urologist, you know? Yeah. Are you sure this feeling... wasn't one of your railing jobs down in your sex dungeon? Yes, I just told you. I'm completely convinced there is no sex dungeon, and there's, there's there was railing, but it wasn't it wasn't what you think. So he's, he's railing pinched. your vas deferens. He was <laughs> he was he was squeezing them. He was squeezing them to kind of I guess to find them. You know, it's like obviously they're not wearing X-ray glasses. So he's pinching and he's feeling. The vastefrin, which is the two. Was he gloved at the time? I, I, you know what? I don't. Re I, I assume so. <laughs> I don't remember, service? but I assume so. And he's pinching him and feeling it. I'm just like, this is fucking terrible. This is this is a terrible feeling. And he goes, you have very fine vastefrin. <laughs> and I didn't know if he was talking about the grit or coarseness of the, <laughs> or. Or he was complimenting me, and I was, just, and I, all I could say was thank you. He said you have very fine, vast effort. I didn't know if I didn't know where he was going with it, you know. But he didn't tell me like which testicle was bigger than the other. I, I that two thousand five hundred grit. Yeah, he they were fine, man. Hand rubbed, ultra fine. Hand rub finish. I I would definitely, I would def the starting starting price for selling a testicle for me is half a million dollars. That's it. I'm not gonna. Just, I mean, what happens? If you get one of them, and then you're walking sideways, and I mean, you're all off kilter, right? <laughs> you can, you can function with one. Can so, you fun um, can you, but I mean, you're walking weird, right? Uh, possibly. And then you got you all that. Put something in your pocket. <laughs> you to got all that compensate. extra scrotum, so you're like sitting on everything, and you're <laughs> sitting on your nut. One nut. Come on, man. You gotta pay. Probably get a pr prosthetic put in if you wanted. A prosthetic, what, like a, like a marble? So it have a bit of texture. <laughs> so, so, so the other one's not lonely? <laughs> I got, a, got like a robot friend? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Fuck. Make sure it's not metal, otherwise it'll be like one of those, you know, those desktop toys where you hit the balls. <laughs> maybe, you'll, uh, maybe you'll see and see me one. You'll make me yeah. like a laser a bell in it. testicle. Yeah. Made by Craig. They have a little Craig's face. They have Craig's face like lasered on and smiling with the thumbs up. Hey, yeah. I'm ready for ready for uh, my my roommate, my my testicle roommate. All right, let's Damascus. There you go, there. guys. Yeah. You got dick talk yeah. all over the place, and that's it. Whilst we're talking about ultra fine uh, finishes on balls. <laughs> Um, what you could use is Indasa because they make RhinoWet, which is the world's best sandpaper. And they've got a bunch of different grits. It's the best stuff. It saves you money because it saves you time. We all use it. It's the best sandpaper out there. And you can get that from Texas Fire Supply. 
TexasFarmersupply.com. They sell all of the grits that they do, um, the Indasa Rhino Wet, but they also do a lot of other stuff for knife makers. And if you use Knife Talk 10, you'll get 10% off the order too. So head on over to TexasFarmersupply.com. Have a good look around their store. They've got lots of stuff for knife makers, um, but make sure anything that you order, make sure you pick up some Rhino Wet too. Get your fast different fine. Hmm. There we go. There we go. We've got more questions. Um, I'll take this one from Will Hutchinson. Um, hey, guys, I work with 1095 and I buy cold rolled annealed or hot rolled annealed stock. After profiling, when I go to drill the hole, do we want to talk about knives now? I, it just feels a bit wrong now, doesn't it? We've been talking about balls for so long. <laughs> I mean, I, just, what, I forgot what the show was what, all about. What, you, what, do you want, what kind of ball talk you want? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Bolt what do you want to talk? I mean, I'm going to talk about whatever the fuck you want. You want to talk about testicles? As long as I'm not thinking about the fucking car, I just bust it up. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay, we'll continue with this. After profiling, when I go to drill the holes, the steel is harder than a woodpecker's lips. It's supposed to be annealed. Am I work hardening the steel during the profiling process? And should I switch suppliers? Or should I use a milling bit or a special drill bit? Thanks for the show. Um, yeah, so he's buying stock in and he's having difficulty basically uh, drilling through it. We assumed it would be annealed. Any tips? I mean, I think a carbide reamer would probably help get yeah, through girl. the material a lot easier. Um, 1095 What's a fucking is carbide a reamer? Steel. What is that? It's a drill bit uh, made, from, made out of carbide and... Oh. Uh, it's it's super hard. It's harder than the material. Uh, you can drill harder material, and it drills a perfectly round hole. Um, the difference versus versus a fluted drill bit. Uh, a fluted drill bit, even though um, even when they're small holes, they seem like perfectly round holes, but they aren't. Um, and you can see the um, the, the exaggerated shape when you drill with like. A, a half inch drill bit um or something like that through a piece of steel you'll see it ends up making kind of like this i don't know like almost like a pentagonal shape um so but it, anyways a reamer will help clear out that hole to make it perfectly round because um and, and the reason that the fluted drill bits do that is because they're fluted so a reamer has instead of being fluted there it's a straight cut um that does, or uh, I don't know what to call it, like a straight flute, basically, that does the cut. And it's usually only one flute. Um, so, so it makes a perfectly round hole. Not to be confused with the skin flute. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For Riemann. <laughs> right. So childish. I, the main thing, I think, is uh, make sure you've got your, your drill press set to, you know, a slow speed um, and, you know, generally the slowest you can get it probably unless you've got a specific one for drilling through steel um make sure you've got sharp bits um and you know if you're still having issues maybe then you need to go in and kneel your stock again um but yeah if you've got a hardness tester just test it and you may find that it's just these sort of edges that have gone hard from where the way they've cut it rather than sheared it or whatever um but yeah just a few things to just to try really and if and if it's still a problem then maybe speak to the supplier and see what's going on it also sure. could be the scale the mill scale 
is going to be a little yeah. bit on the tougher side too. So if you take some of that mill yeah. scale off, as I know the difference between drilling 440C stainless and 1095 is a big difference. The 1095 is always a little bit harder. Um, if you took some of that mill scale off, maybe that might help you, but definitely the, the sharp drill bit, go slow and um, pilot holes, you know, don't go full blast to, you know, half inch drill bits, you know, you want to yeah. kind of, and then, yeah, that's the, the, as you're heating it, if your drill bit's very dull, it's going to work hard in this space. And then you're going to have to, right. you know, you hit it with a torch or something like that. Cause you're going <sighs> to, I, I would say, I, I, I don't think the profiling of the knife is going to work hard in where you're drilling, unless you're drilling right next to the edge of the spine or the belly of the handle. Um, usually, work hardening only affects, uh, especially in steel, like the the material immediately adjacent to where you've been working. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I found that this week actually. I was cutting through some. Um, some steel just to make some templates and using the uh, steel, you know, the little pipe cutter, the little steel bandsaw. Um, and just really hard to get that initial sort of bite in from where the edges have been, you know, hardened, mm. however they were cut by the supplier. But as soon as you get through that edge, it was it was cutting like butter. Sure. But those edges were super, super hard. Yeah, and especially if they're laser cut, that they'll, the heat mm. um, in that steel, because it's a high carbon steel, even coming up to whatever temperature it's getting up to and cooling quickly um that'll kind of semi-harden it uh, along those yeah. curves yeah and I, I think if you are profiling your blades and you're finding um, you're hardening the edges as well you need good good belts uh, make sure they're good clean um not overly used belts and the best place to get them combat abrasives make the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers Available in any size and at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with the promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. Do it now. Yeah, don't go using used belts um, for, for certain things because it's just going to work hard and everything's going to get hot. Nice, clean, fresh belts. And if you're using something like the uh, shredders from Combat Abrasives, they're very, very affordable. Um, so go take a look and make sure you use the discount Knife Talk fifteen for fifteen percent off. Boom. Shall we do a couple more yeah. questions? Yeah. The next one is from Frankie Roberts. Um, Hi, my name is Frankie, and to start, I love the podcast. Help pass the time at work, and I can better myself by learning from you guys. My question is: I am from West Virginia, um, and I was wondering what a good source for fine hammering to find him to find hammerings. Oh, to find hammerings, sorry, it says, okay. To find hammerings or other social gatherings involving working with metal. Uh, good luck with that at the moment. Um, but um, I, I, don't, I don't know about in that particular area, um, but I think if you're on Facebook, if you just, if you just put in, um, you know, metal work in that kind of thing, you probably find a local group Um and I'm sure, you know, in in West Virginia there, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of local groups there. Just, yeah, maybe try that. Um, you guys, any other ideas for finding um, social gatherings for people involved working with metal? Most of the hammerings I've been involved in have been with friends that I've established. You know, mm. when John and Cliff and, and Dave and, and Jesse and I all get together and we just started to hang out and forge together because we're relatively close together. 
Um, Jesse's a little farther than the rest of us, but we just started to hang out and be, we were we were all very friendly and we would just come to somebody's shop and we'd fool around and then next year we'd invite more people and next year we'd invite more people and and it's just it becomes uh it becomes something it's not it's not like these aren't sanctioned events i think the most important part is to kind of create relationships with the people around you i know the guys down in pennsylvania down in philly all those guys they started to do one the american wastelander and um Jesse Killian and and uh, Steve did a Pamarin, uh, the Philly guy, the PA guys. A lot of these Pamarins are not, you know, sanctioned events. You know, it's a lot of just most of the time it's just friends getting together. So I think that if you yeah. s- establish a friendship with some other people like minded who wanted to get together, maybe you could kind of create something on that. For sure. Uh, when it comes to knife making hammerins, at the back of Blade magazine, they usually have a list of some of the events, upcoming events over the next couple of months. Um, my calendar from last year has a bunch of events. There we that. go. <laughs> uh, but this coming year doesn't really have much for events on it because everybody's kind of put everything on hold. Uh, let's see, in December. Well, in December, actually, right now, nothing's happening. <laughs> um, but usually at the beginning of the year, what is it? In January, like the SHOT Show and the Vegas Custom Knife Show are happening in February, European Knife Show, the Perth Knife Show. Uh, I think the, the earliest thing, at least when it comes to shows, would be the Tactical Knife Invitational in Nashville, Tennessee. That would be close to West Virginia. But, Frank, but, oh, yeah. but that's in, that was supposed, that's supposed to happen in February. Who knows what that's going to look like looking like yeah, i think the move frankie is to kind of like start to establish relationships and then take it and do it yourself yeah we're also a, in the business of doing things yourself and not depending on others so i think you have to kind of like be a little bit forceful i mean forceful yeah. i mean just figure it out well in abana the blacksmithing association is also is in most states uh was it up in Washington? We have the Northwest Blacksmith Association, so um, there's got to be something down in or over in Virginia, West Virginia. Uh, most states also have their own knife making associations. Like Montana's got one, California's got one. I think Washington Washington used to have one, uh, but uh, you know most states have a knife making association. They would also have groups. Like I think Craig was saying earlier about Facebook, you know, just connect with those people on there. Yeah, there's there's people around. You you'll find them if you put the feelers out. You'll find people, and uh, yeah, and you just arrange your own meetups if need be. Next one comes from Daniel Meadows. Have you guys ever dealt with scammers using your pictures to sell their knives? If so, what what do you do, or have you have what have you done? <laughs> we we get this question most weeks now, um, as more and more people are, are falling, well, are being scammed themselves. There's not much you can do apart from report it. Um, and personally, I just report them and um, ban them so I don't see it myself because what, what can I do? You like to you know? fight, though. Occasionally. Occasionally. If, if, if I'm in the wrong mood yeah. and I see one, it can, it can sometimes get to me. But um, most of the time, it's just a case of report them, ban them, and follow. Well, not unfollow, but ban them so you don't actually see it anymore anyway. And move on. That's all you can do. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's... I'm the same way when when I see it, you know, I I usually just report them as spam and block them. But if I'm in a bad mood, then I'll go through and fill out the entire form and everything. Uh, You'll fill get... up the entire. Oh yeah, yeah. Because there, there's 
there's a pretty lengthy form or i don't know it's not pretty lengthy it takes like five minutes to fill out uh, but you have to have like links ready to copy and paste and stuff to show proof of your stuff versus their stuff especially if somebody's posting your work on their page without your permission um and i've gotten work or photos taken down i try to get the accounts taken off in instagram as often as i can but <laughs> that doesn't happen mm. so most of the time I'm instagram people. has a it has a big big problem with knives so whether it's it's advertising or if you're using like a third-party website and some of them have integrations you can sell via instagram sometimes they won't allow it because they're knives yeah. um, there's very few knife makers who've been verified on instagram um, and I think if if they made that process easier, it would be so much better for all of us having a verification as you know as our brand. Um, but yeah, that that's not forthcoming. I'm I don't know. So, yeah. Any makers? Who's verified? Yeah, who's verified? Yeah, well, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. There's there's very Jimmy Duresta is about it. Yeah, I think maybe the the, the forged in fire I guys. Think they I think are. they are too. But you know that may be due the to their celebrity more than their yeah. knife making. Um, yeah, it's it's a real shame because you know brands should be able to be verified. That that's one of the categories. You know, I'm a I'm a brand. Please verify me. This is my work. Um, but yeah, knife makers seem to have a problem with it, or they seem to have a problem with knife makers rather. Um, there's not much you can do with regards to with regards to scammers because unfortunately they'll just set up another account and they'll just keep on doing it as as they do. I I mm. think that you know it's very you know I think that you feel that just attacking and. You know, I know that uh, Andreas Kalani usually like has a DM with them back and forth, and then he'll end up, you know, recording the whole thing and then saying, you know, this is my knife, you know, at the end of it. But mm. I feel like going after people on the internet, or, you know, screaming and hollering or lighting them up, or we did that one time a couple of years ago on Knife Talk, and it became, I mean, obviously the Knife Talk army went berserk on this, you know, dude and wizarzabard and <laughs> it was it was it's it becomes too much energy spent on something yeah. that's like valueless you know i think that reporting blocking you know you want to write something saying that's my knife like recently i've been getting a lot of people posting my pictures but like under the auspices of this is as not selling something for them it was like almost like just using it for content and then giving me credit and just trying to do all the things that me not being angry about yeah i i don't think many of us are being i i don't think rather people are buying knives from these scammers thinking they're our work they probably either haven't heard of us or whatever it may be so i, I don't think it's taking business from us um, and, you know, these people generally don't stick around too long. They don't have a big sort of following. So, yeah, it's, I don't think it's doing much harm. It's, it's a bit of a kick in the teeth, I know, but in reality, I don't think it's that, that harmful. There was a lot of guys who were doing, like, taking content. A lot of it was mostly people were taking Neil's content and uh, yeah. Neil Kamamura. And um, there, I guess they were trying to sell T-shirts or something like that. Like, I'm a blacksmith, you know. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, I think you were like T-shirt yeah. sale. People were selling T-shirts and using people's content. But look, just what you know, it's it's just so annoying. I I I would yeah. definitely not spend a whole lot of time on it because it's just negative energy that you just don't need in your life. Yeah. All right, Morocco. Do you want to look down yeah, the list and one. maybe pick one? And if you can do that, Jeff, and then maybe we call mm -hmm. it a day. All right. 
This next one is from Adam, Adam Ciphers. It says, hey, I was wondering how you guys have your gas forges plumbed. I want to run pipe to mine since it's stationary and I think it will be safer. But I don't know anyone that's done it. Everyone I know uses the flexible rubber hose. What are your, th uh, what are your th thoughts? What is that? Anyways, what are your thoughts? Does anything happen uh, to the hardness of the steel? Oh, wait, is this another question? Anything happen yeah. to the hardness? It Just, is. Yeah. Okay. So, what are your thoughts? Solid pipe, rubber hose. I got a rubber hose. Yeah, girl. Yeah, you yeah. do. <laughs> Hang down. Hey. Yeah. I've got a, a tiny little forge, one of those little devil forges, which I use maybe twice a year for something bizarre. Um, and my worry is the fact that I don't use it much. Whether the the hose would perish without me realizing. Um, I uh, yeah, I don't think it has, but that would be my biggest because I don't use it enough. Oh, the the um, rubber would get brittle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it, and it could just perish because it's not being used. But uh, get the old soapy water, give it a spritz. Ah, you know, that's leak. What she said. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do a little leak check on your vast deference. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> get them fine but, crackly um, vast deference to your tank. There we go. Uh, most of the pictures I've seen, people are using flexible flexible pipe. But um, Jeff, what what do you use? I use flexible pipe because I move my forge around, and um, I would imagine if I had one spot where it didn't move, I would like to. I would love to. If it didn't move, I would love to have it plumbed and have a tank outside, like a fillable, a giant fillable tank outside. That would be great, but I move my I move my forge all over the place. Like I'm rolling it around, or depending if more people are here, I want to move move it around. It makes it easier for me to kind of move it around. If it was hard line, I would have to probably make a cart that would you know accept the tank too. So it's the most convenient for me yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, flexible too. I, I'd never use it obviously because I I don't use a forge much, but um. Wouldn't it be cool to have almost like um, like people have air all around their shop, and you have these different outlets? If you could have this piping going all around, hard you know, hard pipe all around, and wherever you are, then you just you use a connector and just you you you're into the the feed. That could be quite. Cool. You are you you bring your forge all over the place, huh? Well, you just said you are, so <laughs> you know it's it's being able to do that, but while still having it sort of hardwired in. There you yeah, go. But Black iron pipe is insanely expensive. Do you even? Why is black iron pipe so damn expensive, Jeff? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I would. I mean, maybe it's rated. I think it's. I've never, I mean, yeah, it's I not. Know. It's not. I mean, it is structural. You know, yeah. it is. I mean, the for the integrity of of water or gas. I mean, it's has a degree of. I would imagine a degree of uh, certifications. This is a this is a this is a Chris this is a handmade podcast question. I would imagine yeah. if you I don't know if you guys listen to the handmade podcast with Chris Zepp, Paul Pinto, and uh, Derek from Malden. They they are constantly talking about the ratings of things. It's it's a, it's, it's and TikTok. They love TikTok. They, they love they TikTok. love actually. It's a great podcast, and I love those guys. They love TikTok, and Paul Pinto is too young to be as miserable as he is. That's a, he, 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 I mean, he's more miserable than I am. He's uh, like less than half my age. He wants to be cool. Did like you him. see Chris Zepp on the cover of a magazine? Arc magazine, Chris Zepp's making Arc shit magazine. happen. 
if you want to be inspired and if you want to know, if you want to, you know, figure out how to make it happen, Chris Zepp is the guy. Guy has a full-time job. He works all night long. He works. He makes it happen. He makes it happen. Chris Zepp is a great guy. Congratulations on the cover of ARC magazine. Chris Zepp, make everything shop. There we go. Um, Jeff, have you got one last question? Uh, um, okay. Okay. Um, Taylor, Taylor Blake says, Hey guys, love the show. I've always leaned more towards blacksmithing rather than knife making, but I'm fi- I finally took the plunge and plunge and bought a two by 72 grinder. Any tips on practicing with it? Belt storage? Huh? Also, I have a wooden shop floor. Should I cover the area around the grinder with something that's more fire resistant? Thanks. How would you practice your knife making with your grinder? Mm. Make knives. Make knives, yeah. That's the thing. I mean, you can you can buy cheaper soft steel, um, but it won't grind the same. You want you want to harden steel and, and practice on that. Um, make knives, you know, whilst you're making, you're learning. Um, that's that's the way to go. Yeah, I think you just dive in. Or make spoons, right? You did or that great spoons. video on how you make spoons. I really enjoyed that. Carving out the spoons. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Did you like how I cussed out one of my, my watchers at the end of it? Uh, I actually didn't watch the whole thing, so okay. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, what did you, you really <laughs> loved it. Fucking did you busted. fall asleep in your busted. chair? <laughs> so how did you cuss him out? Would you tell, me, tell us how you cussed him out. Oh, somebody was telling me I was cheating. I think he was joking, though. Um, and then what'd you say? But I told him to go fuck himself. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking cheating thing is so annoying. It's like, why are you worried about what I'm doing? Yeah. What the fuck's the matter with you crazy. people? Yeah. Just let him make his fucking spoon. He's making a spoon. He isn't causing, he isn't like saving the world. He's making a fucking spoon to cook with. Cheating. cheating. You're cheating. You're, that, that is, that is not legit, fair. That is legitimately. One of the biggest asshole things to say to somebody. Axhole. Unless yeah. you're lying. Unless you're lying. But if you're not lying, yeah. it's no. stupid. It's dumb to you say it. it. Happen. Yeah. Definitely it's not super lying. Dumb to say showing it. the process. Yeah, exactly. Fuck. You're cheating. Go fuck yourself. It's annoying. <laughs> Don't you think? <laughs> <sighs> Let's start with Morocco. Um What's happening this week? What's the dream? Where do you want to be oh, this time? Boy, next week? I got some. I got a knife to forge this week. Uh, I'm excited to get this first load of calendars out. Again, if you're interested in getting one, go to Instagram. Uh, I got a link in my bio. Um, Artisans of Steel. It's a good looking calendar. I, this is definitely the best one by far. Um, let's see. Oh, first load of spoons are getting sent out. They're getting waxed tomorrow. I'm hitting them all up with some axe wax. I uh, love that stuff. You guys used any of it? Jeff, have you used it? No. It's food no, safe. Either, That's what I love Look about at it. Look you. Yeah. 100% food safe. So waxing out these uh, these quilted and curly maple spoons. They're going to look stunning getting those out the door. And uh, I got some handles to finish up. I've been working on these Marcotta handles. Uh, I got some good tips from my buddy Dan Bittinger. Um, on finishing them, he does some stunning work. So I'm, I look forward to getting some good results. Hopefully, um, if I don't, it's not on him. It's definitely on me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's what, uh, that's what's happening this week. Gotta get some shit done. There you go. Cool. 
Okay, I'll go next and we do the last one to the birthday boy. Um, I have, as I spoke about earlier, I've dived sort of headlong into um, folding knives and, and these uh, little slip joints. Um, so I've been prototyping and 3D modeling them and then 3D printing them to see how they work. And they're never going to be exactly right because you don't get that tension on that back spring. But, um, you know, for feel and for size, that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, it's just dialing that in and having more fun doing that, really. So I've, I've got a rough prototype at the moment. It just needs a bit of refinement. Um, and that's that's what I'm going to be spending most of the week doing and, and learning as much as I can. So, yeah, a good week planned. He's 72 today. Will he, will he last another me, week? That's the question. Will he older. last another week? <laughs> older and older every fucking time. It's annoying. What's the plan? Um, I got work to do. I was all excited to get a fucking bandsaw, and now I, I'm gonna fucking take my car to the auto body shop because it also hit my fucking, it also hit my goddamn fucking headlight. So I gotta deal with the hat. So stupid. I gotta get some work done. Uh, more shit's going out the door. I'm psyched about and um, just never stopping. Never stopping. But I'm. Not going to be making sculpture as fast as I thought I was because now I have to deal with this goddamn car. Insurance? Couldn't insurance I mean, happen? I, that? I, I, I did it to myself. I mean, I drove into a fucking workbench. I mean, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, gonna, I drove into like, my workshop. I, I, I mean, that's going to push his premium enough. up. <laughs> I mean, seriously, yeah. it's just like, what am I going to do? Get the insurance company for get the you know get the insurance for my goddamn workbench? I mean, yeah. It's so stu- It's the stupidest thing in the world. God. I mean, if it was just a dent in the side, I'd be like, I can handle it. But the, the door cracks. The door makes a popping noise when I open it. It's a st- It's stupid. Uh, so uh, that's that. So what's the pl- with the sex dungeon you've got now? With you the gotta Lewis stop in. it. So, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, Keep going. I'm just saying. Just saying. So so what do you need there? So you're gonna have your bands uh, a new bandsaw in there. Is it gonna be a full working shop or is it more for display? I'm gonna what's, make what's the... it. Oh, it's gonna be a working shop, but I'm gonna keep it very sparse. I like less stuff, so it's gonna be yeah mostly like I'm gonna be using spoke shaves and like maybe a small grinder and um not not less less grinding and more uh, spoke shaves like I used to. Uh, draw yeah. knives and spoke shaves. It's a little bit more easy to clean up. And I want to get a good bandsaw though, um, one that yeah. can like handle four by fours and stuff like that. Because you know the the porto band is not meant for making curves or turns. No. So uh, yeah, I want to get a good one. I, I, I want to get a good one. I want to you know I'm at the age where I'm like yeah, get yourself a nice bandsaw. So. <laughs> that age where you know, get a nice well, I mean, you know, I've had those studio. <laughs> I had those bullshit ones, and they're terrible. Oh, don't go down there, Grandpa's playing with his. Oh loons. fuck! <laughs> Fuck's sake! Come on, man. <laughs> man. I mean, why are you stomping on my joy? We don't mean to. We hope you have a great, great day, and I'm sh- I'm sure you got stuff planned for the rest of the day. So that's the show. Thank you all very much for listening. Remember to send Jeff his birthday wishes. Um, his no, birthday you is don't today, have to. but you know, do, the show goes out tomorrow. Do me a favor. But do me good. a favor. You don't have to send me birthday wishes. I don't. It's a regular day. It's like everything. I'm I'm perfectly fine. It's fine. You don't have to say a word. I'm perfectly happy. I'm with you. Leave me alone. Is way better for me. I remember birthday than anything else. Thank you. And that's the show. We shall speak to you next week. It's your birthday too.
Wait, oh, wait so with Sam's house with your closest mates. It's your birthday today. Jeffrey! If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.